now broadcasting live via Ustream or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdenboard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, that, that is crazy. Why are we friends with Paul? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm glad I didn't get to that. Wow, I'm glad your mom was here. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. He just looked at me like, should I punch him? <laughs> it doesn't work if you're not wearing a mariachi suit. Uh, Hello, everybody. Welcome to Bagged and Boardcast, episode number 86. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in four ways. The first being The Weekend Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the books we're looking forward to coming out June 15th. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating topic. This week, we're taking a look back at what our uh, favorite 80s movies are. Which is kind of going to tie into our uh, movie fix this week. Which is Super 8, the J.J. Abrams feature. Love letter to the 80s. Actually, it takes place in 1979. <laughs> yes. Or early 80s, depending. Yeah. No. It's like a time machine. Almost. It's almost if, you know, you drank too much, and then you forget everything, you black out drunk. It's like you end up in the future. It's like you end up in the future, which would be today, where we're drinking. Um, As always. Bag and Board Crew took a little bit of a road trip to Rochester uh, a couple days ago, and while we were there, we stopped at the Warbach Brewery. Um, we had a few beers and uh, came home with something. And uh, today... <laughs> it wasn't an STD this time. Oh, this time. Um... So, we're sitting here drinking um, Rohrbach's Kolsch, which is a uh, German-style ale. Which also sounds like an STD. Which also sounds like an STD. I have a little bit of the Kolsch on my sack. Oh, Kolschy. <laughs> i got to brush it off. Just put that cream off. on it. <laughs> but, um, it's it's very good. It's very smooth. It's got, like, a little kind of, like, a almost buttery kind of taste to it. A little spice. A little bit more on the nose. Like, it's got just, like, that kind of rich... Like, butter nose. Yeah, but it does have that mouthfeel, yeah. if not the taste. And it does have a nice flowery, herbal kind of hint. It's like that sun tea. Almost like a sun tea, yeah. Paul loves that tea. He loves the tea mm-hmm. taste. And this, I mean, this is real. I had two glasses of this when we were there. Like, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had uh, I think I had a sample of it. Yeah, because then I did two of the reds, which I really enjoyed. No. There's no real alcohol flavor in it at all. You know, you don't get any burn. It's very, um, very smooth. It's very smooth. I think this one's only like 5 or 6%. I can't remember. Yeah, I would not doubt th- that it's... It's just in kind of like a generic mm. growler. Like, they just grabbed one. Um, I remember looking at it on, like, their beer list, but it's not very much. Yeah, it says road, Railroad Street Ale, which isn't right at all. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's just one of the growlers they had that they filled for mm-hmm. us. That's what they had. Yep. But yeah, um, we it's a two dollar deposit on this, guys. They gave me uh when I took my other growler in, they gave me two bucks off the one. Man, if only we knew somebody with a bunch of growlers. As Paul looks over on the counter, where he has five growlers trying. <laughs> but yeah, um, we've done a rubber rock a couple times, and I've always enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their vanilla porter is uh up there, probably in my top my top ten. This is my top three. Definitely one my favorite porter. Unless we, of course, get to taste uh, one of those left-hand breweries that they made a 
vanilla porter. Because that milk stout. Milk stout. Milk stout is fantastic. Yeah, it looks great. So good. <clears throat> Speaking of so good, how are uh, box office revenues looking, Paul? Well, if you want us to get into the Weekend Geek, I guess we can. Uh, we'll be discussing E3 in its very own episode. Much like if you check back in the features or uh, in the RSS feed, you'll see that we talk all about the DC uh, shake-up with the new number ones in the not-episode 86. We'll be sh- talking about E3 in episode 87. So just to fill that out, sorry that we don't have it for you right now. We just want to give some more time for us to digest and see all the trailers and really... Uh, Really, delve in. Really we, get into it. We have to yeah. let it steep in the sun. Like a fine tea. Like a fine sun tea. So, again, we're just going to bring you the box office numbers for you playing at home with the bagged and board cast. Summer, blockbuster, bracket, movie busters. Or no, I think that was it. No, that wasn't it. Uh. Uh, this week, Super 8 <clears throat> came out, and its opening weekend gross looks like it's only going to be around $37 million. Which... Uh, unfortunately, will fall short of X Men First Class, which made about fifty-two million dollars. Which is a horrible, horrible movie. goddamn movie. And other podcasts seem to like it. Everyone in the world seems to like it. I just don't get it. We I don't understand it. Those two don't uh, compete head to head. Super Eight is going up against Green Lantern because they're both kind of alien movies, and. X-Men First Class is going up against Cars 2, so... Uh, At least it won't be around for another yeah. round after that. I don't think either of these two movies are going to make it past the opening round. Uh, 55.1 million for X-Men First Class. That's still way too damn much money for that movie. It only made about $24 million more than, than uh, Hangover Part 2. Which is for that doing, week. <laughs> which Hangover is doing really well if you look at the mm-hmm. long-term box office, though. Yeah, uh, it's, it's still beating Pirates Four. I know I don't know exact numbers, but I know it's being Pirates Four. It has one hundred eighty-five point eight million dollars so far, and they only spent eighty million dollars to make it. Wow. Yeah. X Men First Class, and they paid a uh, hundred and sixty million dollars to make it, twice as much. I really hope they don't make their money back. I don't want them to make their money back, so they just kind of <clears throat> fold. start thinking like, you know what, maybe these X Men movies aren't going to do it for us, and they just let those rights lapse back to Marvel because they, it just needs to go. Well, technically, at this same point, uh, eight days in to both X-Men First Class, and if you compare it eight days in to uh, the very first X-Men movie, texts are just coming in. We're going to get the numbers right now. <laughs> New update. Uh, they're only about a million dollars off from the very first X-Men movie which was considered a huge success, but also the budget was a lot less yeah. for that first one. This is a pared-down budget from, let's say, X3, which I thought had no budget to it, or Wolverine uh, Origins, but still, $160 million. They're, they're going to make it up worldwide. Yeah. Unless the, like, the rest of the world just like takes a stand um, and unites. I mean, it would be nice. Mm-hmm. Like, it would be extraordinary. Like, like World War X. Like, <laughs> the rest of the world's just like, no, this is a crappy movie. World War X, we would need Mega Man to fight, though. Less than and 20 XDX. Yeah. <laughs> Which, 
I don't know how that works, but yeah. Mega Man jokes. Yeah. Rock Man. Splash Man. So yeah, if you're playing at home, check in with us and let us know how you're doing. Contact at baggingboardcast.com. Throw a comment up on the website, baggingboard.com. And I will update the uh, the main scoreboard very soon. <laughs> very, very soon. All right. Um, That's, yeah, I got, I got, I got nothing. Yeah, we're going to talk about E3. We already said that. We already talked about that. Unless John. What? Yep. You got any Weekend Geek? I saw Super Radios. I liked it. Cool. What What else would you like? Like, maybe there's a book coming out next week? You know what? There is a book coming out next week. Or this I'm... week. This week. Yeah. Time Machines. Time Machines. Uh, and it comes from Image Comics. No, it's not really a time machine, because it is this week. <laughs> yes. But I kept on saying next week. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, it comes from Image Comics. It's a, another one-shot, and it's called uh, Deadland, The Devil's Six-Gun. Um, kind of like a western with like a sci-fi kind of feel to it. A sci-fi feel to it. And, um, and it just looks kind of interesting. Uh, David Gallagher and Steve Ellis working on the book. Wait, is this Six Gun or is this? It's called Deadland: The Devil's Six Gun. Wow. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh. So, it just seems uh, interesting uh, story. Because I know there's a book. And I'm not sure who puts it out or who writes it. It's called Six Gun, which is a supernatural, like cowboy western kind of thing. Also, where it's like a demon gun. Or something magical or supernatural happens with it. So, I'm kind of interested that these kind of stories are coming out, like all kind of clumped together. Hmm. It's weird. Hmm. I don't know of that, but if you said it, it could be true. Or it could not. Or Paul's making stuff up. He is. And speaking about making stuff up, what book are you looking forward to, Paul? (laughs) That was a bad segue. I just couldn't think of any way to get it back. X Factor number 221. We did talk about this uh, when we were hanging out on Friday when we were originally going to see Super 8. Um, but this is the book that I've been waiting for. You know, it's just <laughs> fun. It's Peter David getting back to exploring these characters the way that Peter David does, delving into their minds. Back in the day, uh, one of the best single issues that he did on X Factor was when they, he brought in uh, the green-haired guy, Doc. Doc Sampson. Doc Sampson to be uh, the psychologist for the team. And that you would explore it. This one, he's just delving into the character Wolfsbane, Rain. Uh, she is pregnant with a demon, maybe, child? We don't really know. But there is something definitely wrong with that baby. In the last issue, it was left with a cliffhanger where Rain comes face to face with her former self. Because right now, she, when she transforms into Wolfsbane, she's definitely just a werewolf, like the classic monstrous werewolf. But if you guys remember the original action. It was more like half human, half Yeah, werewolf. like her boobs would be hanging out because she had boobs still. And she had like these this really high spiked kind of hair that was all different colors, like all different shades of browns and reds. And she wore this really bright purple like leotard thing that barely covered her boobies. Uh, so it's kind of like interesting that, you know, it's a past meets present self kind of thing, and you don't know if that's a demon that's trying to taunt her, or what exactly is going on. But that's why it's a cliffhanger, mm. and that's why I'm looking forward to this issue, number 221. <clears throat> huh. Sounds interesting. 
Chris. Book I'm looking forward to also ends with the number one. Um, it's that's I'm trying to like relate to you. I don't know. I'm trying too hard, I guess. I don't know. It's a uh, Batman number seven uh, eleven. Um, written by Tony Daniel, art by uh, Scott Steven, um, or Steve Scott. Steve Scott. There's two first names. That's it struck me as fun. Um, I don't know it's a little bit more, uh, more focusing on. Harvey Dent, kind of becoming a player mm-hmm. in the Gotham Underworld again. And, surprise pop-up, a uh, woman who may pop up video. or may not be his ex-wife from the Long Halloween story arc. Hmm. Um, the oldest. So I'm interested in seeing where this is going. Uh, Tony Daniel, not the strongest Batman writer. Um, one of those things I'm kind of looking forward to the relaunch to kind of get it back on mm-hmm. track. But he tells a good story, so I'm looking forward to seeing how this one kind of turns out and wraps up. It sounds really interesting. I I do always like the dynamics of uh, Two-Face in that world. Two-Face and Harvey. Like, always at ends at each other's uh, throats. I really liked the uh, <coughs> final issues of Nightwing where they were setting up Two-Face to be, you know, Dick Grayson's main nemesis. Yeah. And I was kind of a, you know let down when they didn't utilize that more when he became Batman. Because, yeah. you know, they well, did a little bit. Well, at the beginning, mm-hmm. like, just hinted that Harvey Dent knew. knew um, which was kind of cool. But I don't know, with Nightwing getting his own book again, yeah. I'm all smiles, uh, maybe we'll get back to that. Here's hoping. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And something else that doesn't get me crossed is movies from the 80s. You know it's a bad segue when I won't even attempt to. <laughs> <laughs> that was a rough one. Uh, let's have some more beer. I'm making the attempts, though. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going for it. That is true. Uh, who wants to start us off? These are the 80s movies that we like. We're all bringing up three 80s movies, and we're going to try to uh, pick our top three 80s movies. Like, if you want to know what the 80s were all about, these are the three movies that you want to see, or our favorite movies, and we'll compile the bag and board cast <clears throat> 80s movies. All right, who's starting it off? Um, John Sarek, movie guy. We always... We always use time machines mm-hmm. to go back on this podcast, and I'm going to have to go with the DeLorean is my favorite time machine from the 80s with well, Back to the Future. What's is it going up against this other time machine? I don't know. There well, is, you have some Doctor Who stuff. Yeah. The TARDIS? <clears throat> no, I was, made for TV I was just trying to work in our time machine that we use all the time. Oh, yeah. I like it. I like it. I was just... just Stepping all over my shit. I just, no, I was just. Hey, I, 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 have a, I have a better segue. Well, since we're going back to the eighties, I can think of no better way to get back there than with some style, like a DeLorean. Wow, that sounds good. I, why can't I do segues like that when it's my turn? <laughs> Come on. I don't know. Way to go, Chris. You fuck everything up. <laughs> Shut your whore mouth. But uh, yeah, Back to the Future. I've I love the the trilogy. Mm-hmm. But the first one is that classic times time machine story, and what better what better way to say the '80s than going back to the '50s? 
<laughs> Asking for a Pepsi free. Exactly. Can't have a Pepsi free unless you pay for it. Man, Huey, I can hear Huey Lewis in the news right now, and there's nothing more 80s than Huey I, Lewis in the news. I know news. You, should, you should shut your windows or at least yell outside and tell them to quiet it down. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. You guys are just too damn loud. Oh, uh, this is definitely on my list, too, um, so I'm glad someone said it so I can kind of have another spot opened up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is one of those movies you grow up with. Yeah. Um, I have watched it at least like twice a year, every year. As far back as I can remember, it never gets old. <laughs> no, it, um, it doesn't. It, it, it's the perfect 80s movie, I think. <clears throat> One of them. Mm-hmm. I would definitely agree. It just, But I, I feel no need to buy it on DVD. It's because it's always it's exactly. so good. Exactly. It's always on TV. It and is. not only is it always on TV, but they play all three of them back to back. Well, yeah. recently because of they were celebrating the 20th year. No, I just reserve. always remember. Yeah, they've always played them. It's together. on a lot. Huh. But just constantly. Which is awesome, because they're so good. The 25th anniversary, I'm sorry. And you can jump in any time to watch these at any point in the movie. You know what's going on, and you love every minute of it. Yeah. It is my favorite uh, portrayal of, you know, of uh, Christopher... What's his name? Lloyd. Chris, yeah. Christopher... He goes by Christopher Lloyd, right? Yeah. yeah Chris Lloyd. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd. I don't know why it was so hard for me to say. It's okay, it happens. <laughs> just didn't sound right in my mind. We're not sure either. But it's my favorite role. <clears throat> you know, when I see him, I'm like, oh, Doc Brown. Yeah. Wait, he's a Klingon in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make sense. How is he a Klingon? Oh, just be Emmett Brown. He's always going to be Doc Brown, though. Mm-hmm. Like The first one, definitely... The other two movies I have problems with and won't watch. Really? I don't yeah. know. They're, they're not as good, good as the first one, but they're still there's some solid movies. There's some solid moments, but they're not no, as good I, as I, the I, I don't go so far as to say is they're still solid movies. Yeah, they are. Okay. Well, I'm not voted again. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> These are my bullets. Jules. 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 <laughs> he's so angry. He's not proud. He's, he's angry because he's married to Mary Steve version. Throne <laughs> of a woman. Oh. I'm sorry. I just wish she had been in that train when it exploded or going over the bridge. <laughs> Clint Eastwood Highway or whatever it was called in the future mm-hmm. or the past now, but at that time it was the present. Hill yeah. Valley. Mm-hmm. Time machine. Time machine. Uh, I cannot segue using a time machine. No. So I'm going to just have to spin some magic, and I can't be very good at it because you know I'm just a short person. Just uh, <laughs> <laughs> short. When John and I are looking at each other, just trying to figure out where's he going with this. Uh. Page Master came out in the night. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> and nobody liked that movie. <laughs> I have Macaulay Culkin liked it. Oh, I guess they're going to make me sit under a tree and cry. A willow tree. Oh. oh I'm with willow. <laughs> uh, this classic struggle of Daikinis versus uh, Pex. You know, it's... Uh, it was one of those tapes that I had to rewatch over and over again. It's uh, Val Kilmer at his finest. Uh, that girl that plays the love interest. 
was also very attractive. The redhead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Might be. I, I have not watched this movie in years, honestly. Wow. I do not remember the last time I saw it. That is sad for you. That is sad. I think I watched it just uh, probably a couple years ago. I yeah. watched it two months ago. Yeah. Still on VHS or you got it on DVD now? Uh, DVD. Watched it. Uh, no. My brother had it. We watched it. Uh, no, this uh, classic fantasy, fantasy movie. Classic eighties fantasy. You're right. Yeah, and uh, it is. It's 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 fantastic. Mm-hmm. I really I I've always loved this movie. Um, What's great is it's the eighties. The, the fantasy eighties is oh we need an army of hundreds. It's not let's CGI them and just hit copy and paste them throughout. Not to say Lord of the Rings was bad because those special effects were amazing. But Willow, everything felt real other than those claymation monsters. Yeah. But there was such a sense of humor in those movies, too, especially with the claymation monster, as Val Kilmer starts wheeling a sword, and he thinks he's being totally badass because every the invading army takes a step away, only for him to turn around to see that, oh, there's this weird snake fire-breathing thing that is going to kill us all. Uh, what's really odd is I didn't even think you would come up with this, and I didn't even think about this movie for this. But like, I walk around sometimes and just go, "Man, Mike, <laughs> such a great is the greatest swordsman." Like, I just throw out lines from this movie because I'm a weirdo, and they pop in my head. But yeah, I, I hands down, this is a, it is a great, great movie. It's out of the '80s fantasy movies, this is the one that tops it. Directed by Ron Howard. Yeah. That tops all of the other ones because there's some quality ones out there. I don't want to get into talking okay. about them. No, no, let's we see. have to see if they no. We have to see if they make okay. lists to be discussed. All right. So that's eighties fantasy. Eighties fantasy, and there's there's some solid stuff out there. Ooh. Maybe I have to rethink my list. Maybe not because my pick is going to be what my dream job was when I was a kid. A lot of kids want to be you know astronaut. Firefighter, a grocer, maybe. The kid was weird. Nobody ever talked to him. Um, for me, I always wanted to be a fucking Ghostbuster. There's something about it, not just walking around with the proton pack, riding around in the Ecto-1, not just the fire pole, big part of it, but it was just something, the sense of camaraderie. Well, there the is a reason why. The science. Um, that is why, for my first entry... I have to say Ghostbusters. Um, Ivan Reitman nailed this movie. Uh, it's it's perfect. I don't know. I, I'm going to probably use perfect 80s movie a lot throughout this whole topic, but Ghostbusters, you can't go wrong with anything in this movie. Rick Moranis, Dan Aykroyd, Bill, Bill fucking Murray. Murray. He's, not, he's not in the zone of Ruth has, but... He, he should be. Uh, he he is my next nominee. Oh, was he? Shit. Uh, and just because of the title given to him by Woody Harrelson in Zombieland. Hmm. Bill fucking Murray. Yeah, that's the best role because he's playing himself, much like he does in every one of his movies. Why do I hate it? Just when it like, yes. kick him off his chair. I know you do, <laughs> but I have to say it for our listeners, so they can want to tip me come over on, in the chair. Back on, back on track. Annie hey. Potts? Come on. 
Sorry about the bug eyes comment. <laughs> no, I mean this is a movie. One of our first shows, like for one of our first five shows, is a Ghostbusters show. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a movie we all love. And <laughs> I don't even think you have to be a child of the '80s like we are to love this movie. Anybody who sees this movie loves it. It's it's quality film, is what it is. Warning: Do not download Ghostbusters: Sanctum of Slime. That is a crappy, crappy. It video wasn't game. that bad. I got bored with it, but yeah. the Ghostbusters game, though, you guys liked I, it. I loved it. I wasn't a big fan because I played it on the wrong set. Like every time, they just get knocked out. But we're not talking about the video game. If you want to read my review of the video game, you can go to BaggingBoard.com. But yeah, it's a perfect '80s movie. No. Only thing that's scary is. Uh, Li- no, the librarian goes. The librarian goes. Yeah. Or Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver. Okay. Was scary. She, no, she's scary in everything. She is. I don't know. I I imagine if you go under a bridge and you find a troll somewhere, it's probably going to look like Sigourney <laughs> Weaver. I don't know. <laughs> I did like how she looked in uh, Galaxy Quest, though. Okay, Galaxy Quest? The cleavage? Uh-huh. Yeah. And also... But that was a wonder bra helping her out. No, that was gravity. <laughs> helping her out, I think. Um, Ghostbusters, so many just great one-liners, little jokes. Hey, I, somebody I see if you're a god, say yes. Say yes. I just want to throw a one-liner out there just because you said they were great. No, they, there were so many. There's so much just win in this movie. Mm-hmm. I just, Every time I think about it, it makes me want to watch it. And luckily, this is another one of those 80s movies that's usually on TV, like Turner Classic Movies or something, mm-hmm. like Midnight. And then you're like, oh, i got to watch this. And then right after it, they do Ghostbusters 2. And it's like, yep, suckered in. Okay. Yeah. Got to stay up. Got to finish watching it. Thanks, Ted, because I know he sits there and <laughs> does all the programming for everything. <laughs> now, Paul, I don't want to step on your toes with no, 80s fantasy movies, but... I think, hands down, the best 80s fantasy movie has got to be Jim Henson's The Labyrinth. Yes. I, <laughs> I, I absolutely love this movie. I can watch it no matter what. I have it on DVD. I also have it in my instant watch queue. So if I'm scrolling through, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, i got to watch Labyrinth today. Like, it just, it just happens. And... I've always been a Henson fan, and that world that you bring in, he brings you into, is just amazing. I have to say, we watched it just recently, like, what, a year ago? Not even? I don't know. With Kate. He brought it over and we watched it. (coughs) It doesn't really hold up as well as I thought it did. Wait, are we talking about David Bowie's cod piece? (laughs) (laughs) Or... Because I... Because I still love that movie. Like, it, it's cheesy to say it this way, mm-hmm. but when I watch that movie, I'm kind of transported back to that. Just, I'm a kid, there's mm-hmm. this crazy, wonderful world. It's, it, it does it right. Um, and Jennifer Connelly is just heavenly in this movie. <laughs> like, she's, she's adorable. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I agree. I mean, it, 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 to me, it fires on all cylinders. Like, it just is one of the, the perfect fantasy movies and happens to have, be in the 80s. 
It's a little silly in parts with the babe with power. Yeah. Well, I think every 80s, like, fantasy movie has mm-hmm. a little bit of that, like, campiness to it at some point. Um, that little bit of my, cheese. My, my entry is pretty steeped in it. But we'll get to that. But, no, I I toyed with the There's pretty labyrinth. There's nothing cheese about Princess Bride, sir. <laughs> that is your pick. It's on my list, but that wasn't going to be one of my picks because I figured someone else would be throwing that out there. Is Paul making an entry, or are you just saying? <laughs> much, much like my pick, The Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> it is... See, I won't classify... I already said Willow was the best fantasy movie of the 80s. I cannot say that The Princess Bride is a fantasy movie because... It's a period piece, because I can't live in a world where that did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just it's such a, an adventure comedy for me, and not so much fantasy, because you do have a giant, but honestly, he's not really that giant. We and have the RLSs. You have, have Miracle Makers, though. You do have the Miracle Maker, but he makes potions, and he could really be a druggist or an alchemist or, you know. And the... The device I, is I see, you know, it's a fun. storybook. Yeah, it's a storybook kind of fantasy. fantasy. It's not high fantasy. It's, it's low fantasy. It's not willow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of. It's not. It's no acorns turning people to stone. <laughs> yeah, there's no building of mass armies to defeat an evil witch. It is stopping a wedding. You know, it is. Um, it is a period piece. Ah. <laughs> uh, I, I can't say it's a period piece. I love this movie. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sad by the fact that I don't own it on DVD because I constantly see it, like, if I go to Target or Walmart, I'm like, I need to buy this. But then I'm just like, mm-hmm. wherever you go, they always have it. It's mm-hmm. like, there's never going to be a rush on that movie because it's such a classic that you're always going to find it on the shelves. Mm-hmm. It's going to be playing on, like, a Turner Classic Movies or, like, an ABC Family at least one point during the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's great though. It's hilarious. Every oh. line is funny in this movie. Yeah, it's, it's nothing better. True love. There's nothing better except for of course a mutton lettuce and tomato sandwich where the mutton's real lean. <laughs> Billy Crystal, <laughs> Mr. Eighties in the movie. <laughs> He, he he was he is Mr. Eighties. He is Mr. Eighties. <laughs> he was Mr. Saturday Night. He was Mr. Saturday. He's also. You can have two titles. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't I'm like, sure about on. this. He, how many times did he host the Emmys and uh, during the eighties? Like he was the guy. Okay. So he's Mr. Eighties. Mr. Eighties, right? Okay, Mr. Saturday Night. <laughs> but <laughs> he, he name a name a other actor that had this big of an eighties was Billy Crystal. <laughs> other than Tom Hanks, you guys always go to the Tom Hanks. Um, uh, Bill Murray. <laughs> uh, John Candy. Uh, he John was Candy. big in the oh. 80s, but that was just because of his. Weight. Oh. He didn't have enough heart to get through the nineties. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. I don't know if I can be friends with you anymore. I don't know if I can continue this topic. But um, I, I fully support your. Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Princess Bride. It's it's one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, rightfully earning a spot. It would be inconceivable. It would be inconceivable for you not to agree with me. Paul, you keep using that word. 
I'm not sure you know what it means. I don't know if I can pronounce that word. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm trying to think how to segue into mine. Um, you don't need to segue. I, I, I like to. It's fun. Chris, what's it, your pick? Turns it into a game. Well, oh, see, I have a, so much stuff going through my head, but I feel like I need to make my, my head, fantasy my head, sort of a entry now. Um, I have to go with a story that ended far too soon because it was never supposed to. I'm going with never-ending story. <laughs> um, very similar in some ways to Princess Bride where you have a character reading a book mm-hmm. and the story kind of jumps in and out. Um, also similar to a Tron where the kid gets sucked into the story much like Jeff Bridges or gets sucked into the game world. Dude, it, you're thinking of Never Ending Story too. In the first one, he doesn't get; he's just reading the book. Well, Falcor comes out of the book, but it was the second one where he actually enters oh. the book, and then he's going around with the Treyu. Um, the second one's not that good. No. That's what I'm talking about. The first one, though. <laughs> second one's um, horrible. It's just one of those awesome '80s movies where it does have that kind of campiness, where you have this world crumbling around everybody and you have like these travelers that kind of meet up at camp and one of them has like a racing slug you've got Rockbiter there mm-hmm. no, none of it makes sense but it doesn't have to you know why because it's 80's fantasy and it's it's up there um, I don't own or buy a lot of DVDs anymore but I definitely have this one mm-hmm. because I had to have it in my collection it meant that much to me. Um, you said that you like to do the segues because they're fun. And this movie is all about fun. Mm-hmm. Not only that, um, I think since it came out, every Thanksgiving they play it. What? And I think it's just because of the parade sequence. But it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yeah. I thought, <laughs> I thought you were talking about... Yeah. This is what you do constantly. <laughs> I thought you were still talking about Never Ending Story. No, I thought you were passing it over to me. We no, can go I back to... I thought, you were gonna, I thought you were going to talk about it. Yeah, I should have, because I had things to say. I don't know why I segued in that like that. I just got so excited that, about the Paul, segue. That's why Paul and I were looking uh, at each like, other. Like, they they showed everything. Thanksgiving? I got really excited about my segue. I just wanted to throw it in there. Uh, no, Normally, this is how we've been going, though. <laughs> we, we, I know. One of us Listen, I wasn't paying attention. All I was thinking about was my segue. <laughs> he's just thinking about Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he's making this pick because I was torn between two Matthew Broderick movies for the 80s. Oh, uh, I think I know what your other one would be. Yeah. But continue, John. Uh, but actually, Wait, are we continually talking about Never Ending Story? Yes, I okay. actually want to jump back to Never Ending Story because what you said about... Um, Labyrinth, how it takes you into that movie, into that realm. When you were saying that the movie that popped in the mind that also does it for me is the never-ending story. Because you do, and I mean, just that ending with uh, Atreyu and the wolf and everything, like, it's badass. Like, it's Boy Warrior. It, it is, and it's, it's, a, it's an amazing world to be transported into. And, you know, I'm always like, I want to find this fucking book. I want to do this. Like, I want to be locked in the room and have to read it under a blanket with a flashlight. You want to run away from bullies and read it in, like, the school's attic. I know. And then throw it down and be like, no, no, 
It's too real. I forget what he says. That's that's when reading had meaning. (laughs) The the one thing about this movie that I feel bad about is I haven't, I probably haven't seen it in five, six years. Wow. Like, it's been way too long, and I always think, like, oh, I really need to watch it, but I never get around to it. You can watch it tonight if you want. Okay, that sounds good to me. You you guys say stuff like it's a fun movie. You guys know who I am. I hate fun. (laughs) You do hate fun. I can't remember this movie at all since you were like, no, Paul, that's the second one. <laughs> I have no idea what happens in the first movie now. I really don't. Like, the world's crumbling down. That happens in the second movie. No, too. there's like the sea of acid in the second one. Right. It's crumbling. It turned all... Yeah, but it's, the city was so pristine because the sea was made of acid and it kept everything clean. In the second one, and he had that bird creature thing following around him. Yeah, John, you follow Jan- Jonathan Brandis around the mm-hmm. world. This one, you, you follow Atreyu. Ah, he's going yeah, through. Yeah, the, the first one's Atreyu story, but Batsian is Batsian. reading it. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. Maybe you should watch it with us, Paul. Yeah. Maybe I should, because honestly, I cannot remember the first one it's, versus the second one. The, the first one's more like the the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Like, you have a trade you're going through to find, like, the childlike empress. Mm. <laughs> okay. it, it, it's a classic. You know, it is. It, I've, uh, I've enjoyed it. I feel glad that I haven't seen it recently. So We should take a day off and just watch this movie. We should take a day off and watch all these movies that we've nominated. Really? <laughs> Handed it to you. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yes, throw more things at him. I wasn't. I wasn't. He doesn't listen. I wasn't listening to Paul. He set you up perfectly for that. Well, it doesn't need to be set up. I've already announced what movie it is. But he was bringing it back to it. I like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, I. You know what? I don't think anything says '80s. Or great '80s movies like Ferris Bueller. No, it. I mean, they still they still show it every single year, and you still sit and watch it. Um, a friend of mine who is a a much younger lady, she was just saying how it's her favorite movie, and she was I mean she was born, I <laughs> think like seven years after this movie was even made. Yeah, you know, so it's like it's it it holds up. I you know it well, holds. It, it, I feel like it probably holds up so well because it's a John Hughes movie. Yeah. When do they not? It's it, the best John Hughes movie. Bet, Paul says best John Hughes movie. Which? I just recently sat through Pretty in Pink um, and Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club I liked. Sixteen Candles also. Sixteen Candles I really sat through also. I, um... Because Kate made me watch them. I think I will go... I, I think I go with Paul on this one. I Like, I love The Breakfast Club, but... I think I think it is because yeah. those movies didn't even occur to me to put them on this list. Yeah. Where this movie, honestly, I, think, I I did kind of think of them. Um, I don't know. I, I have to say, I think I might like Home Alone more than Ferris Bueller's Day Off, though. Come, Wet Bandits, really? You're gonna shake your head when yes. I suggest Home Alone? Yes, I don't like that one. You're a bigger Home Alone two fan. No, I'm not a big fan. You like the Sticky Bandits? Unfortunately, I grew up with my father, who, when we first watched Home Alone, he's like, these guys would be dead, and then change the channel. <laughs> and it is stupid slapstick comedy, and that's all you get from the first Home Alone movie. 
Does your father not like even like the Three Stooges? Yeah, we're not big Stooges fans at the McGowan house. Did you watch like America's Funniest Videos? No. Oh. We didn't find humor enough that people can encourage. This is hysterical. It just felt bad for people. Nutshots are hysterical. Um, they deserve it. They were trying to steal stuff. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I mean this. Yeah, I, I think Ferris Bueller definitely deserves it. I really hope somebody throws Goonies out. But uh, <laughs> we talked about Goonies before. <laughs> Every but, yeah. time that I take a day off of work, and I don't have a day like Ferris Bueller, the next day I come in miserable because <laughs> I'm like, I wasted a day off. I like anytime. Yeah, I always feel kind of the same way too. Is like I wish I had done something better with my day. Mm-hmm. It's because you want to be in a parade, pretty much. I wish John Hughes would just like write my day, like what I should do, and then yeah, I'll go do it. Mm-hmm. Go to his baseball game. Well, John Hughes, right? You have to go back in time with the DeLorean <laughs> first. Well, great segue, Paul. Go. <laughs> what? Go back in time. I'm not going back in time anywhere. He's still talking about it. I know. Okay. I was throwing it to him. Oh, I'm going to throw paper towels at you now. <laughs> yeah, because I set you off so well. I wasn't listening. <laughs> then I he went with, yeah, we should all take a day off I think and watch were, all of these movies. You were looking right at Paul when he <laughs> said it. And he also said we should all take a day off and watch all of these movies. We should. So, going with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Paul, save us. <laughs> there is no saving us. Mm. There is no saving us from this war game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's something about that movie that I still love. War games. All through a Matthew Broderick film. Uh, but he's younger in this one. Yes. Yeah. The Ferris Bueller's came out late 80s. This is early 86 Ferris Bueller. I think you, you're looking like 83 or 4 for War mm-hmm. Games. So only like two years. But uh, there's just something so fun about having a computer nerd and press a girl by, you know, playing a video game. Which simultaneously, Is it a video game? Which simultaneously bum, bum, bum. Uh, starts a world, almost starts World War Three. First time I saw this movie, I was... At my grandmother's house for Sunday dinner, mm-hmm. and it was on like TBS or something. And I remember watching it, like that's so cool. Like computers can do that yeah. because this is before like you know people could have computers. Mm-hmm. This much. is PBS boards. And, yes, uh, actually hooking up your phone to a couplink uh, stuff. My dad did so. We, he when he just, wasn't watching slapstick humor. Yeah. So, you know, we had an old Amiga, and it had a mod, uh, you know, old, like, modem, basically, and he used to do this to dial into uh, BBS boards. So it was something that I never knew how to do as a kid myself because I was, you know, five, six at the time. Uh, not when this movie came up, but when I watched it. So it seemed cool that my dad could start, you know, a nuclear, thermonuclear war. And, man... It's just a fun movie, and it just seems so cool, and just to see how far computers have gone since then. Yeah. Have you seen the new one they did? Board Games 2, no. No? It's on Netflix, I'm just going to watch, but never. No. I, I, was still, I like, didn't even know they made a sequel. Yeah, I think he said direct DVD kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. Or direct to Netflix only. But uh, 
Yeah, anytime I would want to watch that second one, I just watch the first one again. Uh, I don't remember too much of this movie. It's probably been late 80s, 90s that I saw it. Mm-hmm. But I always did remember that funness that it had. Mm-hmm. and You know, you have those movies like that are just fun, too. The whole point of the, the movie, would you like to play a game? That's all you need to know. That's it. It's fun. And honestly, when I started thinking about what movies I was going to pick, I was also kind of thinking, like, well, what are John and Paul going to pick? And I saw you picking either this mm-hmm. or Last Starfighter. Right. Well, I talked about Last Starfighter already, so I figured I was safe there. Yeah. And this is, you know, honestly, this basically developed my love of computers and why I've been so interested in them and tried to learn programming many times by just teaching myself. Um, it's all because of this right here, War mm-hmm. Games. It's it's a good pick. Mm-hmm. Um, to me now. Yes. Crap, this is the this is our third pick, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, this is what it all comes down to. Um, this is where it gets really tough because there's so many great movies that I feel <laughs> like we haven't even talked about just because there's so many out there. And I picked um, Princess Bride because I was afraid two knuckleheads weren't going to pick it. Um, when when I have to go, I haven't seen it in years, but it's always going to hold a special place in my heart. Um, growing up, if I ever didn't feel like being a Ghostbuster that week, <laughs> I would want to be an animator and draw cartoons. Um, it's one of those jobs I always wanted to do until I was like 11, 12 when I realized I can't draw. That's because you didn't have a fail. proper teacher to te- tell you you could do anything. Or Doc yeah. Brown to tell you, as long as you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. Or a time machine to go back and <laughs> teach everything myself. But um, An animated movie that I absolutely just loved so much and kind of developed my love of animation and cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not even a Disney one either. American Tale. Really? Is this... Fievel. Yeah. Fievel Moskowitz. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's just something about this, like, family of Jewish mice <laughs> coming to America to start anew. Mm-hmm. And, like, just... He gets separated from from his family and just like his adventure, like that. Okay, gonna 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 tell a story, Paul. Um, everyone here at the table, you're free to listen. Make fun of me. You you at home or in your cars, at your computer, wherever. You're you're allowed to write in Chris at Um, when I hear that song, I start to tear up. It's true. It's it's a touching song. Him singing and, like, his sister singing, like, uh-huh. they're under the same sky. It's a beautiful sentiment. Mm-hmm. Um, You're tearing up right now. I, <laughs> <talking about. laughs> that song does it for me. I have a friend who, whenever she hears the theme song to Jurassic Park, she does the exact same thing. I think mine's a little bit better. Well, no, the... Da, 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 I know. Okay. I know the theme song to um, Jurassic Park. But, yeah, I don't know. This, this is one of those movies... Um, Tom DeLuise as Tiger the Cat. Mm-hmm. So lovable. He, he's supposed to be a bad guy, too. Like, But he's not. He's not. He's not. He, he's lovable. Uh, growing up, giant, fievel, stuffed animal. That, wow. He had such big floppy ears. I know. Um, I, 
I haven't seen. I probably haven't seen this movie since the eighties. Um, it's not one that gets a lot of play. No, and uh, and that's shame on them, whoever they are. But yeah, this. I mean, this is a classic. I remember absolutely loving this movie. I, I remember seeing this in the theaters. Mm-hmm. I I had three, like animated movies on my like list of stuff that I wanted to talk about. And none of them were Disney films. It wasn't until, like, the 90s where I was like, yeah, Disney's cool. Or, like, I always enjoyed it, but it was stuff like An American Tale, Secret of Nim, mm-hmm. and also uh, Land Before Time. Yeah, the original like, Land Before Time. Those, those were all solid. And, like, this was kind of like the golden age of animation. But An American Tale, that's just heartwarming. Like, yeah, it's it, beautiful. Paul, you look like you're going to cry. No. <laughs> I need somebody to give me a stethoscope because I believe I have no heart. Really? <laughs> I remember watching this movie when I was a kid at the first time and hating it. Really? Yeah, I just thought it was silly and like it just it's didn't the touch pl- me. It's the plight of the Jews. If I'm <laughs> silly. Uh, somebody that's mistaken. <laughs> Only by the way, John's grandmother the one time. But uh, yeah, it just didn't hit me at all. And then you're like, uh, Land Before Time, and I'm like, oh, really? Land Before Time too? Really? I don't like that one either. And Secret of Nim? Secret of Nim is great. I have it sitting. It's, it's in my Hulu queue because oh, it's so <laughs> boring. I just can't get through that movie, Secret of Nim. It just it drags out. Wow. Well, like, what kind of cartoons were you into, like? Growing up, not like you know, He Man, well, stuff like he didn't have time for that. He was trying to figure computers out. <laughs> That's true. Hey, I'm a computer. Double the download. No, like what? Like feature animation. Like, was there anything that you kind of gravitated towards? I'm just curious now. This just, is for me more than anything else. I'm trying to think of what animated movie that I would put on on VHS, and I can't think of one. I would have to call my mom and be like. Was there any animated movie that I liked, like, from the 80s? Yes. Rainbow Brights! <laughs> or a Care Bears movie. Care Bears were great. I just watched Rainbow Brights. Transformers Bright. movie. Oh, yeah, Transformers movie, yeah. When Optimus Prime died, I cried. But then going back, that's a we horrible movie. We should pause and have Paul call his mom and ask him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pause. Wait a second, wait, wait. Um, Little Mermaid, 1989. Yeah. Care Bears movie, 1986. American Tale, 1986, top 10 80s uh, animated. Transformers movie. All Dogs Go to Heaven? Yeah. Nope. That was an okay one. The, ba- the Black Cauldron? I played the video game on the Amiga. Chipmunks movie. I only watched it to try to figure out how to get through the video game. <laughs> the original Care Bears movie. The Secret of Nim. Which is 1982. Land Before Time, number one. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, Land Before Time had like 11 like video sequels. Like that thing was yeah. a moneymaker. Like I think they're still making them. They never made any money off of me. I just called my folks to confirm. And yes, it is true. Are we recording? Yeah. Because I thought you paused it. I recorded right before he said, oh, wait, hold on a second. And I figured him going through a list isn't that bad. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because I could go, nope, nope. Honestly, uh, yeah, I called out my folks, and my folks confirmed that there was no animated movie that I liked growing up. 
I watched you land in a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. You know, I live action kind of guy. Yes, I don't know. It's just and my parents, my mom, dad was like, yeah, I can't think of one that I really like either. <laughs> you know, oh. my mom liked American Tale. She's like, oh, I like that, but yeah. Nope. Not, not for me. It's odd. I don't know. Like, right now, like, horrible odd, but just kind of like, wow, really? Yeah. yeah. I watched my cartoons on Saturday mornings before my parents got up. Because <laughs> <laughs> then it was time for PBS and watching uh, This Old House and... Oh, fuck Bob Viva. And New Yankee Workshop and Home Time. This is why I think I can do plumbing today. No, I can't. They can't. Well, so are we going to sit down and try yeah. to knock out the top three out of everything we've listed? Well, there really is no debate. It has to be Ghostbusters makes the cut. I think Ghostbusters is definitely up there. Back to the Future? I think Back to the Future. And yes. I have to say Princess Bride. I have to say that's another... Yeah. Are, are we going to have any discussion about any of the other ones? or are we? I really like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And, you know, it's not the typical movie you think of when you talk to geeks. Mm. But it is... It really hit me not during the 80s, though. When I was in high school, in the late 90s, I'm like, especially senior year, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to skip school and have a day like he's having. And I kind of did when I went to... Uh, you know, nerdy as I am, I went up to, with one of my friends up to uh, SUNY Brockport. <laughs> yeah, we skipped school went to school. It was college! We, we took a tour, and we saw a dorm room and hung out with a guy that was going to school there. And uh, we went and ate friendlies, and then we went to Lasertron afterward also. So, and I bought, I bought a Transformers t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is just like Ferris Bueller's! It's about as cool, you know. That's that's as cool as I think we could do. Yeah, it's as cool as I can get for skipping school for a day, going all the way up to SUNY Brockport. So do you want to do you want to put that towards the the top three? Because I mean, even though it struck you and when you reach the age of Ferris, it's from the eighties, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's it's got the legs, and it's still one of those movies that it still plays in my mind, like. Man, if I only, you could, like I said, when I uh, call in for a day of work, I always hope that I'll Use have a day. Use your synthesi- uh, synthesizer to do it for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <coughs> 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 it's from the movie. <laughs> it is from the movie, you're right. Well, you looked at me like I was crazy. No, I was entertained by you. <laughs> I was like, wow, you did a really good job with that. Thank you. <laughs> Years of practice. Um... I never had one lesson. I can't make a clarinet sound. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm fine with either any of the four that we just thought uh, of. Instead of Back to the Future, Back to the Future, I'd rather put Ferris Bueller. I, I cannot say Ferris Bueller or Back to the Future. I wouldn't go there either, and they're both my nominees. But I, I, I have I, I to think... say it's Back to the Future over it. I can't move Ghostbusters. No, you, you no, can't. No, that's cemented in there. I, I, I'm sorry. As great as Ferris Bueller is, I, I just think the line, whoa, Doc, that's heavy, just blows it, like anything <laughs> out of the water from Ferris Bueller. Yeah. I, I don't know. I would move back to the future. If it was just my right. list, I would move back to the future. I don't know. 
Back to the Future. But I also said it's one of the movies that I never feel like owning. And when it's on TV, I'm like, yeah, I've seen it. I don't. Know, I, th- I I definitely agree. Number one, Back to the Future, or uh, Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. and I I think number two goes to Back to the Future. It's that third spot. Are we willing to move off Princess Bride from the third spot? Uh, I I don't I don't think I can move on Princess Bride. I don't know. That's just my thought. I mean, you guys can easily outvote me, but out of everything else we talked about, mm-hmm. I think Princess Bride. Tops on. So I, I leave it in your guys' hands. Um, I think I, it's it, definitely a tough one. Imagine this as that proverbial like, okay, you've got you no know, deserted on. You're gonna be stuck on it. Here's all these DVDs. This is all you're ever going to have. What are the three you're picking? Well, if I'm on a deserted island, there's no way I could have a day like Ferris Bueller, so... <laughs> What's the point? What? But, you know, but if I could only have three DVDs... Out of the nine uh, that we uh, mentioned... Out of the nine that we talked about. And I know I picked Princess Bride, but I think I'd rather have Ferris Bueller's Day Off, just because it hits me more so now than it did during the 80s. And you like seeing people get chased by dogs. Yeah, that is one of your fantasies. No, one of my fantasies is jumping over a fence, uh, running like, through a yard, saying, hey, that smells great, then jumping over another fence, seeing two uh, beauties sunbathing and saying, hi, my name is Ferris Bueller, even though my name is Paul McGowan. <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes, oh, yeah. No, that's funny. Principal Rooney, or, I think they played that song throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Gets on the bus. They play that when he's running through the yards. No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, That's a different song. <laughs> uh, with your island sequence that you put out there, out of those, I think I would go Ferris Bueller over Princess Bride as well. Because Ferris Bueller, I, like, I love Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. I do love it. But if I'm going to have to sit and watch something, that that's one of the three I get to watch... I think... Yeah, but if I'm on a desert island, I wouldn't want to watch Ferris Bueller stay off because it would just drive me crazy that I couldn't do any of that stuff. <laughs> but you would live vicariously through him. You don't do any of that stuff <laughs> now anyways. I go to art museums. <laughs> when was the last time you were in an art museum? I stand on floats. <laughs> last summer. Last summer, you say? Yes. And it's summer now. I'll probably go to another art yeah, museum well, soon. Good. All right. I'm just saying. We live near one of the best I'm, I'm, um... Mowed. The first, the first two, I'm not unmovable on, but I think... I mean, the third one can rotate to almost any of the mo- movies we named. Even though Princess Bride is the best. <laughs> so good, you didn't mention it. I, I knew you would. That's yeah. the thing. Because it was out during that's my why, that's why top movie. That's why I didn't say Goonies. And then John dropped the ball on that one. Hey, I, I, I really enjoy Ferris Bueller. I thought one of you guys would. I mean, that's the, I took a couple movies off my list because I thought, well, they're definitely going to mm-hmm. mention it. Yeah, that's why I mentioned Willow, because I knew neither of you guys would mention it. And that's why I was so up in the air with War Games. Yeah. But, you know, it's honestly one of the movies that I knew I would be the only one that would give voice to it. Much like a lost star. Yeah. I loved Last Star Fight. That, that was me and Never Ending Story. 
So glad that's uh, nice. Also, um, another one kind of on my list, uh, follow that bird, the Sesame Street movie. The movie's oh. fantastic. Where he runs away. Big bird runs away. No, he goes to find his family. And then, oh. he, gets, then he gets abducted by the carnival. Oh, I thought... And he, everyone from Sesame Street has to go find him. And then he realizes that that is his family. Hmm. It's so heartwarming. I thought that's where the, like, weird government agency says he he's an orphan and needs to have a family, so they put him with another bird family. That, that does happen. Oh, okay. But he goes off on his own first. Hmm. It's a big movie. A lot happens in it. <laughs> a lot happens. Sounds it. I haven't seen that. You just have a fascination a with kids being separated from their families. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? About? Where are you getting that from? Uh, Bible? American, American Tale? Okay. What happens in that movie? Kid, a mouse. <laughs> kid separated. <laughs> separated. From his family. From his family. Favorite John Hughes movie? Favorite John Hughes movie? Home Alone. Home Alone. Home Alone. <laughs> Thank okay. you, John. I'm glad okay. you're there with me. Oh. Okay. Verbal mishap guy. <laughs> Alright, so where do we stand in number three? <laughs> War Games is going to make the hit. You, you, what, where, 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 where are you guys standing on War Games? That... Uh, I don't think it yeah. goes. Sorry. Never ending story. I can't. No, it's okay. I feel like that one's more me than anything. Like. Mm-hmm. It's a classic, though. It's definitely a classic. There, there's so many great 80s fantasy. Um, oh, like, also, I was considering Dark Crystal. Oh, um, Dark Crystal. Legend. 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 Uh, Talking about hotties. Last Unicorn. The girl from Paris Bueller stayed off. Simone. She's in Legend. Yeah. And when she dresses up like evil Simone. Ooh, yeah. Oh, that looks good. Yeah. Better so, than Jennifer Conway. Um, I would have to... Put forward. Yeah. I, would have, I would have to see side by side comparison. What's <laughs> that bug eyes? That you bug eyes. putting your hands to grab each boob? No, I was side actually like, oh, now you're those, just feeling. Those, those pictures of them. <laughs> oh, okay. Get your mind out of the gutter. Back in the game. Back in the Back game. In the game. Uh, I really want to put Ferris Bueller on the top three. I really do. I, I'll go. Um, it's on you, John. I'm gonna go with Paul. I, I said that if. If I'm on the I- stuck on the island, yeah. like I would watch that one because that is, it still affects me. It still holds up. Like I, I, I definitely think so. Willow, I loved it because I loved it as a kid. So Paul is just all about getting a day off from his responsibilities. I'm more of a true love kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> to blaze, yes, you are. To blaze. <laughs> <laughs> There's been three kisses in the history of kisses, and this well, one. Well, Paul, has, not, you didn't you didn't pick it. You, I can't, you can't talk about it. I did pick it originally, but not for the top three. Not for the top three, because I love that movie. Because I loved it as a kid. Ferris Bueller, I love because I love even now. So we're we gonna lock those in as our three. Yeah, you guys, yeah, is that fine with you, Paul? Yeah, it's you need to represent John Hughes somewhere. On an 80s classic movie list. Home Alone was out there. It's <laughs> 90s, though. 90s. Was it 90s? Yeah, yeah I think it's 90s. I, yeah. I don't think it's 89. It's not. I will, I'll, I'll do the search right now. I think it might have been. No. Huh? Fear bet? 
I get, I get no. that. Okay. Well, the new we're we're putting it. The new bet is you have to get beer, but you also have to chug a tilt. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, we, we talked about that. Yeah. Uh, that wait, wait, wait. That, Who is the we in this? Because when you say we, uh, the listeners would assume. That was all well, three one, of us. It was a listener who brought it to the table, and we do anything they say. <laughs> wait, wait, which listener did this uh, to us? It would be Aaron, who actually who absolutely loves tilt. Loves tilt. Uh, he runs to stores to buy the tilt. I've always picked up more tilt just to bring along, so I have something else to drink. So, oh, Home Alone 1990, yes. which... I think we did the, uh, it was from 1980 to 1989. Yeah. yeah. So that was close. I think the Ninja Trolls movie came out in 89, though. Yes. I believe it did, yeah. Yes, it did. Which I thought about adding. So are that we... Was great. So we're all set to lock these in? Yeah. We, we, we've made our picks. If we were to make a movie inspired by the movies that we loved... You uh, would have a day off to travel back in time to kill some ghosts. Yeah. Or re-kill some ghost. Because well, you can't not, kill yeah. oh, Or so. kill the person to become a ghost and then go back to the future <laughs> and, and kill the ghost. <laughs> there we go. And it would turn out nothing like Super 8. No! Not at all. Nothing like it. And that brings us to our movie fix. The long-awaited, highly anticipated... Super 8. J.J. Um, Abrams, written, directed, Spielberg, produced. Early 80s, late 70s, kind of sci-fi fun to bring you back to when you were a kid. And it definitely has the feel of those movies. Um, yeah. You know, you, and you, um, you follow this group of kids who are trying to make a um, Super 8 film. Titular. <laughs> titular line. Titular line. Um, who for kids are doing a pretty good job. Yeah. And, uh, it's a zombie movie, right? Yes. Yes, it is. And um, and uh, in, in the course of making it, there is a um, train derailment, and uh, an alien creature escapes and is in this town. And um, you kind of follow the, these kids in their little adventure around it. Um, like any 80s movie, you have a fat kid in it. You have a fat kid. You have kid with glasses. Kid with glasses. A nerdy one. Uh, uh, a spunky, wild, short kid. Mm-hmm. And then uh, your hero. That's just kind of the normal kid of the group. Who's just trying to end with the girl. And the love interest. And the love interest. Too, Who is the girl. Um, Who they go back for. Yes. 80s movie. 80s movies. Have to say, most realistic throw up <laughs> since 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 Paul. Since Paul or uh, or Super Troopers, where he really was throwing up. Yeah. But usually, it just looks like they have a mouthful of something and are mm-hmm. spitting it out. This really like, it was. I think he actually was throwing up. <laughs> but this was one wasn't like fake vomit that the kid poured over the top of the movie theater. And then another person starts yakking their guts out, and then the person next. No, one. it's it's really good. It's like really good. It's <laughs> throw up. And everyone started throwing up. <laughs> um, honestly, usually child actors annoy the crap out of you. Annoy the crap out of you. Hey. Um, you? these kids were really good though, especially that girl. Um, 
Uh, I think she's Dakota Fanning's little yep. sister. Yeah, yeah, she is. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. and like, there's a scene in the movie where the kids are filming at a train station, mm-hmm. right when the train uh, derailment happens, and like they're kind of like rehearsing their lines before they mm-hmm. start filming it, and you're watching her and she's like delivering, and you're just like, wow, this kid has chops. And even, I, I feel bad because none of the kids seem to really have names. Mm-hmm. Like, they say them, but it's, they're just kind of like, oh, it's that kid mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but, like, well, Hero, Hero Kid, we'll yeah. call him, he, he's pretty good, too. Like The, the fat kid that's the director yeah. does a great job playing tra- playing the bossy kind of kid, the, yeah. the in-charge. Mm-hmm. You, you buy him as a kid who could grow up to be a director because mm-hmm. he's nailing all those beats. Like, when he's talking, everyone else is listening, and you can see why. Is it because they don't have funky nicknames for each other, like Mouth or Data? Could be. You know? Or they're not as memorable because of that. Yeah, and the only one they ever, like, really, like, say is, like, the other kid, Gary. Mm -hmm. Like, the one with the braces. Yeah. Who's a pyro? Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, honestly, it does have that kind of J.J. Abrams feel to it where you don't actually see the monster until the very end. Like, you get glimpses of it. You see his reflection in puddles. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not until, like, the last, you know, quarter of the movie that right. he's actually present. Like Cloverfield. Exactly. Or Jaws from right. 1970s. Um, but then a lot of lens flare, which I feel a lot of people might take as, like, oh, director trademark right there. Well, you get it even in the commercials for it when it's the whole black screen except on the edge where you have the lens flare coming off. And, yeah, what point is it his take on, you know, his style versus overdoing it mm-hmm. and it becoming a distraction? I, I do think it was a little close to just overdone because anytime there were lights, yeah. you had this reflection and a lot of like sometimes it looked really cool and you're like wow that looked really great and then other times like eh, it seems a little shoebar you know crowbarred in mm-hmm. shoehorned in you got a shoebar in you there gotta, you, gotta, you gotta get the shoebar in there crowhorned crowhorned um but no I mean I think it was great you also have that J.J. Abrams um action happening at the end to music you know the music over all the sounds you get the little crashes and it's that like in the beginning of uh, the fir- the new Star Trek movie? Um, I don't remember it in Star Trek, but you Where get it a lot in Lost. Yeah. You would have it. The ship is going in and crashing, and James T. Kirk's father is going down with the ship. And yeah. is this the music, music playing? Yeah, you, uh, you, you get that. Which, it wor- I mean, it works. Yeah, it, it's more you use the music to tell what's happening than voiceover or dialogue. Okay. Now, music is storytelling. Yes. Huh? Um... Which, I mean, you, you see in a lot of those features, but it's always well done. I always love those moments in Lost, when yeah. it's just playing music and it's going to every you know everybody. And, and the same thing here. Like, what was happening, that music made it even more so touching. I, I feel it was a little bit long. There was a point when they were running to, um, they're in the cemetery, spoilers, <laughs> as always, um, to try to find the creature that I actually looked at my phone because I was like, how much time has gone by? Like, how long have we been sitting here for? Um, because it did seem to finally be almost trying to, like, wear me down. It it did, um, 
it's it's just a lot of real a lot of setup for these characters. Um and like the whole fight between the two friends over the girl, you could have cut that out. Yeah. Not um, necessary. The, the the time where this movie really picks up is when they're going to the school. Yeah. When they're they're escaping and they're going to the school. Like that's when I'm like, "All oh, right, this movie's really going." And then it's like Oh no, it's kind of slowing down, and then you're like, "Oh man, yeah. now it's happening again." And then it's kind of like it just kept like pulling you in and out of 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 the action and stuff that finally picks up. Yeah, towards you the have end. these kids running through their town, which has been evacuated, and it's a war zone, but they're still just like running through like mm-hmm. houses and buildings. Like it, yeah. it was cool, like a good action yeah. scene. Now I've heard an interview on NPR with J.J. Abrams, and he was talking about how these movies were actually two separate movies he wanted to create. Uh, Super 8 with the kids, you know, filming their own kind of movie, and basically almost a semi-autobiographical film of, like, how he grew up uh, making his own movies and a small little story. And then he had this concept of a train carrying something from Area 52 gets derailed, and whatever's inside is unleashed on a small town. And he didn't quite have the emotional arc in that alien movie. And he thought that it, the you know kids shooting the movie had too much emotion because it was all just, you know, friends being friends in a coming-of-age film and not enough action. So it kind of smushed these two films together. When you're saying, it drew me in and drew me out, is that, like, where you could kind of see... The two movies just kind of being sandwiched together, or especially with you're saying, oh, the two friends fighting over the girl um, could have been taken out. You know what? You, I think could have been if, if you if you heard that, you can like you, like you just told me, like yeah, you can see that. Mm-hmm. Not that it was sandwiched, but that it's these two different movies that have become one because mm-hmm. it really is for the first part about these friends, right? Um, and then, you know, this, and right in the beginning something big happens, but it mainly stays about those friends, and then it really picks up with the action and the space stuff. For, for me, it was more about, like, the start and the stop. It wasn't like you have... One movie. One movie, and then another movie. It was like, it was just one movie that's going up and down. Like, okay. you have the kids running, like, then you have them sitting around in the school, like, watching movies, like, reading through paperwork. Then they're being chased, and now it's back to, like, these two dads driving in the car to go get their kids. Like, it it was just two, like, up and down. Mm -hmm. Not two different movies, just, like, like I said, the one Mm -hmm. kind of pogo sticking. Like, my big complaint about X3 is it feels like they were trying to tell too many different stories within X3, and none of them got enough time to actually be worked out. Mm. This doesn't feel like that. No. No, I mean, it's okay. solidified as a movie. It, I, I think it's just kind of the the pacing of it. Okay. Um, and that, yeah. But, you know what? You can't be on a roller coaster for... Even roller coaster, coasters are designed to have ups and downs because you can't be constantly racing through. You need to give audience time to breathe. But yet, you know what? It and then ramp it back it, up. It, it's you're you're following these kids' stories, and then it finally like it it finally like picks up, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of it 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 doesn't actually get you to the top of the peak. Okay. But you're kind of getting there, and then you're like, oh, are we already going down? Kind of a thing. Mm. 
and not not to like not to shit on the movie, but I mean that's that's what happens. I I, I did I did like the movie. I enjoyed it. I you know I wouldn't buy it on DVD. Okay. But if I was somewhere and they said, oh, we got Super Eight, I'm like, oh, it was really good. I gotta watch it again. I wouldn't go to the theaters to see it again. So there was when you say oh, you get to oh we're already going down. Usually by if you feel bad in the movie, you're expecting a huge payoff before the end, where you finally get ramps it all up, it all comes to a head, and then everything comes together and you come crashing down like really quickly. This did not have that. I don't think you 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 don't have anything that ramps down really quickly and and. Like that. Get the but it, it definitely it definitely builds, especially after they go back to the cemetery and they're underground. Mm-hmm. It really it really flows nicely after that. Okay. Um, so there is it, a it moment was, where you feel like you actually hit it's, a peak it's, and then come down. It's really no, because it it kind of kind of goes. It it's hard to say, but it it just maybe what it is is it takes a while to really get into them going after the. Alien, mm-hmm. where maybe it should have been a little more towards the middle than at the at the end. Yeah, I think if it had like the pacing of it, if it had started a little bit sooner, it probably would have helped it all of it because it's almost too compacted. Yeah, at, in like the last quarter of the movie. Yeah, but still enjoyable. Oh, it's very enjoyable. I feel I'm better at these reviews when I don't see the movie than when I do. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you're you asking pretty good questions to get us to draw out more of what. What it is we liked or didn't like, about mm-hmm. but overall, like you would want to see it again, want to buy it on DVD. But if it's on, I would watch it. I, and like if I was going out on a date and we were going to go to the drive-ins, I'd mm-hmm. go because those slow parts is make your move. <laughs> and then you watch out of the corner of your eye, like oh wait wait wait, this is when they're going to the school. Hey, it's picking up. Hey, get back up. Uh, get back up. Uh, wait. Okay, wait. Okay. And then you lean in for the kiss again. Pro tip from John. Hey. hey. Chris. I'm Chris. Yes. Yes, you are. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I want your opinion on the movie. Did you like it? Or was it just, you know... Um, yeah, I, I did enjoy it. Uh, it has that 80s movie feeling. It, um, imagine, like, Stand By Me crossed with... They both have trains. They both have trains. Um, Stand By Me crossed with Cloverfield. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what you get. Or even I, I I and they both have fat kids. I even liken it Indeed. to even like it. Yeah. You know, with the kids go having to go after the monster to to save themselves or to save someone. Hmm. There it is. There it is. Bag the board cast thumb in the middle. Better than thumb in the bum. No, I give it a thumb up. I give it a thumbs up. Okay. Well, you guys made it more sound like Thumb in the Middle. No, we said we liked it. Yeah, I liked, liked it. it, but I want to see it at the theater again. Uh, Thumb in the Middle would be like, ah, it's so-so. It's all right. Okay, yeah. so just so our gauge is right, X-Men First Class. Oh, Thumb's oh, Down. Thumb's Down. Thumb down. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Last Airbender. Thumb in the Middle. Thumb in the Middle. Really? Yeah. That is Thumb <laughs> way down. <laughs> Right. I think we got that across when we did the review. It was thumb uh, in the middle. So. I know, that's why I brought it up, because I knew you would say thumb <laughs> yeah. in the middle, and it would make me question our friendship yet again. <laughs> much like much like our love for Bill Murray and Tom Hanks and your hatred for them? <laughs> not hatred. Just not a draw. Thumb <laughs> in the middle. Thumb in the middle. Well, I'll tell you what I am giving a thumbs up. 
our next episode. Hey! Hey, E3! E3, we're going to be talking about the uh, news that announcements that just happened. happened. That just happened. Uh, news and announcements that are coming out of the uh, big E3 video game convention that happened this week, past mm-hmm. week. And hopefully a double thumbs up for our movie fix, Green Lantern. How has your media blackout gone with the Green Lantern feature? Those assholes with over at the Warner Brothers decide to uh, screw me all up, trip me all up, by, uh... And they should be sitting in the penalty box, because when I go to watch the NHL Stanley Cup Finals, I don't expect to be welcomed in by Green Lantern. But they do this whole play-in thing as if these uh, the NHL players... The, the Boston Bruins and the Canucks, the Vancouver Canucks, are going to be inducted into their Green Lantern Corps. Like they say, warriors from every world. As they're going on onto the ice, and then all of a sudden, they're showing clips from the Green Lantern movie. What the hell? What the Space Sector 666. That's all I can say. So it's not going well. No, because everywhere I look... Dude, DC Comics, the banner up top. Yep. Hey, don't forget, July, uh, June 17th, Green Lantern comes out. Yeah. How am I supposed to get away from it? I don't know. I've been watching the trailers and the little uh, like little clips they give out of it. I can't wait for this film. So I'm, I'm looking forward I don't, to it. You, you're almost silly to have done this blackout because... Until I enjoy the movie so much more than you because you're like, oh, I've already seen all of this. I don't think I don't think so. Yeah. Like once I see it on the big screen, mm-hmm. like nerd boner, Dude, all over the place. During the Stanley Cup Finals, they play the scene where they're all like charging the rings. Yeah, I know. It's like, what the hell? Don't show me that. I wanted to be surprised by that, even uh, though if they didn't have that, I would kind of be upset. That's that's been in every trailer too. Yeah, it's been in all the latest. How trailers. many trailers have I seen? Well, just this one, I'm guessing. Now. <laughs> yes! Because that's what a media blackout is all about. Yeah. I want the, I want Jeffrey Rush doing the voiceover. I want to love this movie. I don't want to be spoiled before I watch this movie and see all the best parts, much well, like X-Men First Class. Well, honestly, I, I know our outro's going kind of long. Honestly, like, everything they've shown in the trailers is more about just, like, the origin story, and then, like, flashes of the OS stuff. What? Like, like, what, what don't you understand by me wanting me on a media blackout? Why are you telling you me already, what happens in the trailer? You already know what's going to be in the movie, though, because this is the origin story. So you can imagine it. And I read Secret Origins, so I guess that would. Yeah. Except Black Hand isn't in it. No. Why wouldn't you tell me that? Ah! I don't know. I'm just saying it. I don't think he is. Okay. What? John? I, I don't know that for a fact. <laughs> I don't know that at all. Well, why don't you be like, man, I have never seen Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. This Darth Vader character, he's he's a badass. Oh yeah, he's Luke's father. What? Why would you do this? That was, that was curl-horned in, though, I think. <laughs> Shoe, 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 shoe